Hello, everybody. Welcome to Catfish Weekly, episode 50. Uh, as you can see, Lyle's coughing up a storm. Chuck's probably not feeling good. Leanne's probably not feeling good. I'm I'm all right, but I'm probably going to be there not before too long. We all got done fishing that winter on the uh in the monsoon out there, raining most of the time. Uh, a little bit cold some of them days, but you know we got home and then we got to realize what cold really was. Um, but yeah, that's what tonight's episode is about. We're going to talk uh, the winter on on the <laughs> tournament. Um, basically, what we did, how we did, how other people did, um, and we're going to do you know talk about uh, the future of that tournament, some ideas to help Daniel in case he uh, you know make it a little better for next year. Um, lots of different things, but mostly about that tournament. Um, also, the uh, the intro that we're working on, I expect that to be done by next week. So I want to have that done next week, and everybody's going to be able to hear that new intro uh, and have that ready. So hold me to it. I'm going to have it on there. But uh, so I'm going to start with you, Chuck. How 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 did you go about? Uh, finding the fish when you first started. Where were you? Where are you looking for? What'd you What'd you end up looking at? Where were you finding them at? Um, you know, I just you know, in my boat, I wasn't gonna go too far. Um, you know, so I just you know went up around the <coughs> up around the beginning of the elk and uh, some uh, just some bluffs up around there. Um, went across the big water. Um, and you know, fish the south side of the lake a little bit. I marked some good fish in a few places, and we didn't fish those spots. But uh, you know, we caught a couple of fish out of those spots pre-fishing, but we backed off of them. And then, um, you know, on on tournament day, we didn't get to fish any of the spots that we were wanting to fish. That the swells were just too big, and we would get on those spots, and we just couldn't stay on them. We was dragging anchor when we tried to anchor, and um, you know, our rod tips were bouncing so bad when we would try to, you know, do some controlled, you know, uh, spot lock. And uh, so we just went over to the south side of the lake to where the the swells wasn't that big and tried to find some fresh fish and, you know, places that we hadn't fished yet and just couldn't get on any. Now, now are you are you pretty familiar with Wheeler or do you only fish it every once in a while? Or what's your familiarity level with that lake? Um, I, that's the second time I've ever been up that far up on the lake, and I've fished around the Browns Ferry area um, twice. And um, most time I just fished the, uh, you know, the the low end down below Gunnersville Dam, uh, down there where uh, Phil Brown and them went. That's I, I like <coughs> that's considered the river section of Wheeler, right? Yeah. Well, you know, about half of it is pretty much considered the river section. It's 60 miles long. Yeah. And, uh, you know, pretty much 30 miles of it you can consider skinny water. Um, and then the other 30 miles you can consider lake. So I'm, I'm pretty much used to fishing the, the lower, I'd say, uh, 10 miles. You know, I, I don't really go that far. Uh, you know, when I go down there below the dam, I just fish around the bluffs and, you know, right there below the dam and stuff like that. And I mostly, when I lake fish, I mostly go in, into Gunnersville. So during your pre-fishing, um, you know, was you, was you 
noticing fish at a certain depth or a certain area more than others. Um, and what was it? You know, what was like uh, the water temperature, water clarity? Yeah, the the water was pretty stained. Um, you know, coming out of the elk, it was probably more stained than what was coming down the uh, the main channel. But you know, we was trying to fish a little deep around 55, 60 foot in some spots, and uh, you know, the small fish were just you know tearing our bait apart. And as we would put it out there, they would just chew the meat right off the ribs. You just pull a rib cage. Um, you know, we we found you know most of the good fish that we marked and the 50 pounder that Leanne caught, uh, they were around uh, 40, 45 feet. The water okay. temp, the water temp was, uh, you know, around, you know, you know, 48, 49 degrees somewhere in there. Yeah. Lyle, Lyle, did you get to do much pre-fishing, and did, was you marking anything or looking at anything in in specific in depths uh, for your pre-fishing? Well, you know, to start with, we got down there Tuesday night, and got up. Uh, uh, Wednesday morning, I was sicker than a dog. We didn't go out at all Wednesday and didn't get out till afternoon uh, Thursday, about the time, as soon as I got the feeling like getting on the boat. So we done a little looking around uh, Wednesday, and then we spent the majority of Thursday looking around. We did actually fish a little bit Thursday, but not too much. But we marked some great fish uh, in several areas. Uh, we we thought we had a good game plan and and maybe or maybe not uh, it would have worked out if uh, conditions for us had been better Saturday morning. But uh, again, like Chuck said, 49 degrees is basically where I was at uh, on water temperature, and we found fish everywhere from 25 to to 45 feet of water. Uh, we found them in concentrations on humps. We found them on structure out in the in the main part of the river and uh, well you know what I'm seeing you know when they're talking about current down there I assume they're talking about undercurrent I never seen any surface current anywhere uh, and again this is one of the things that I always complain about about lake fishing there's no current in them and uh, you know I realize that what they had now is is undercurrent because I would actually see uh, the whatever undercurrent there was actually take our our baits back behind the boat but the surface temperature the surface stuff you know things would be floating around it just kind of float around your boat it didn't really go anyplace and now I guess that's the dam drawing that water out from underneath of it uh, but you know there was there's a lot of fish in there there's a lot of good fish in there there's some giants caught down there last week and not just one or two there was a lot of a lot of good fish down in there uh, but yeah, we found a lot of good fish, and and had things worked out a little bit better for us, we we probably would have uh, had a little better success. But uh, uh, when a day starts out like it did for us Saturday morning, ours continually got worse all day. So at that point, we knew we was going to be in trouble, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I myself, uh, I fished with uh, uh, Brian and Denise with Brian and Denise competitive catfishing. Uh, out of Ohio, they invited me along with them, and I I accepted and and show, you know we met up and uh, we got down uh, Wednesday night as well. We ended up uh, staying in a hotel Wednesday night and and getting out early in the morning on Thursday. Um, 
Thursday we went up around Browns Ferry. Um, we were there's basically some underwater uh, boils that that raise the water temp up a few degrees past what the what the normal lake temp is. Uh, we also looked around some other places, just sort of scouting and, and trying to get our game plan together. Um, when we went to the uh, Browns Ferry on the boils, um, you know, we we anchored up on one. Uh, there was pretty much all the other boils were were anchored up on, uh, or they were either spot locked on them, and they were basically vertical uh, jigging. And I don't know if they were doing that for just whatever bit, because I look, I watched a couple guys uh, pull in. Blue cats. Uh, they caught a drum. Um, it looked like a few kind of fish. I mean, it, it, they just were sitting on the one spot, vertical jigging the whole time, uh, or or using their trolling motor to sort of circle that that boil. Um, but when we were scoping out the lake, we we noticed for the main, you know, for the most part that that uh, we're looking at about 49 degree water temperature on Thursday. Um, we in the areas that we decided to fish, we were looking at most of our fish concentrated about the 40-foot mark at that 49-degree 49 water temp and where we were looking and, and, and marking a lot of good fish. We sat up. Um, one of the first spots that we sat up on, uh, we marked a lot of fish all around it. And then I, within about 20 minutes, I caught my new personal best. Uh, it was a 66-pound uh, 10 ounce or so uh, blue cat great fish you know it pretty much immediately made my trip worth it you know I mean that was uh, beat my personal best by three pounds um, so we you know, as soon as I caught that fish we uh, we pulled all the lines out of the water we didn't want to wear that hole out we didn't want anybody to see us there uh, we wanted to get away from it pretty much as as quick as possible and and add that to the game plan that was the uh, We've seen a lot of other big, you know, big arches on the depth finder, and um, you know, we we thought that the game plan was going to be pretty good and pretty solid uh, with that area for what we were looking at on there. And so uh, after after that, we decided, um, you know, for for the next day for pre fishing on Friday, that we weren't. You know, we pretty much put our game plan together. We all three decided that, you know, we was going to, you know, it's, none of us had been on that lake before. Uh, we didn't know it uh, on that section or anything. So it was a, a gamble, but to 100% commit to the game plan, feel confident in it, and just uh, see how it worked out for us. Um, so we decided we were going to completely leave the area, and we decided to go up in that river section. And, you know, we're 50 miles away from where, the spot was that we were fishing probably um, took a beautiful drive through the mountains down there to get up there and up down there whatever way it is down there I don't remember but <laughs> we got a uh, yeah we we launched out there below Gunnersville um, they had all the all the um, dams open there so I mean there was a ton of water pushing through that area um, and you know and we and that second day pre-fishing we we caught some fish we caught a flathead uh, we caught some blues in, in 15, 25 pound range. Um, had a good time. That area, I, I, I absolutely love the area down there um, around the Gunnersville Dam. It's just beautiful. Absolutely beautiful down there. Actually, the whole lake is beautiful, but I, I really, more so up around that dam, up on them big uh, rock bank bluffs and, and you know, but... uh. 
yeah, we had we had a good time there, and then I believe we had to we we left from there on Friday to go to hit that meeting, um, where we got to meet a, a lot of guys that, uh, um, you know, are fans of the show and stuff. We've never got to meet in person before. Uh, I got a list of everybody, but we did it again. <laughs> all right. Yeah, I just yanked the cord out of my ear. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, just before we get on in any of that, I'm going to go ahead and let everybody know a little bit about the tournament. Um, the winner on Wheeler, they're going to try to have that as an annual event. Uh, this was the first one. And, by the way, I see we got 31 people online. That's on the chat. That's absolutely great. That's awesome. That's the most we've ever had on there. I hope we can keep growing this, by the way. If you guys got any questions or anything about this tournament, you know, feel free to ask us. Uh, we'll try to give you the, the best answer we can. Um, but there was, I believe, 41 boats that signed up, and about uh, nine of them backed out uh, due to either not wanting to push the weather that day or uh, the weather that they had going back home. They wanted to beat it home and be safe. Um which is something that, you know, they might have to look at. You know, it might be a problem on some years and some others it might not be, so. <laughs> Jason was saying, yeah, I'm getting excited. Wheeler was fun. You know, I've, I've only been down there once before, and I had a great time. I absolutely love it. I can't wait to go back down. Um, but, yeah, out of the 30, 32 teams that, that decided to stay and fish the tournament, uh, 24 of them weighed in fish. And nine of them, nine teams, were at 100 pounds or better. So that's a, that's a pretty good 100-pound-plus uh, weigh-in on, on out of almost half of the teams uh, weighing in on a 100-pound basket. That's on five fish. Yep. But, I mean, there was quite a few. I mean, I would say... Out of those 24 teams, I don't know how many of them I'd have to go through and look at them, but I'd guess there was eight fish or so that were over 40 pounds, if not more than that, weighed in. Bank, you know, Bank, Bank had to call a uh, 40. Yeah, and that's, you know, for me, Indiana boy up here, you know, in the Ohio River, you don't see that. I mean, we never see that anymore. You know, that, uh, you know, 60, 80 pounds can win a tournament on the Ohio River around here sometimes. Um, and then we got the, uh, you know, the three under 34 also, you know, yep. so. yeah, you have to keep that in mind too. So these people, you know, they're throwing in nine, you know, they got nine fish and, or, uh, five fish in a basket with a uh, hundred pounds and they're, they're only able to keep two over 34 inches. So they might be throwing back 40 and fifties. And, and I, I know there was guys down there that had, you know, pre-fishing had 300 plus pounds in the boat in a day. Um, also, uh, of, of mention, of a couple days before the pre-fishing and stuff, I guess, uh, Tuesday or Wednesday, I can't remember what day it was exactly, a uh, good friend of Lyle's, John Nordyke, was down there with, um, Jason Bridges and caught a 105-pound blue cat, and I'm sure all you guys on Facebook seen the picture of that fish, that's, uh, 105 pound blue, you know that's that's the one where now now you know I talked to John. I said now your whole goal is just starting 
try to break state records. You know, you got to have something to keep you going because you you go to a hundred and five pounder, you got to keep the interest going. And he was all about that. He's like, yeah, I guess that's what I got to do then. <laughs> well, John was all smiles. He called me um, right after they caught that fish. Uh, I was actually Cindy and I was getting ready to go to the store, finish loading stuff up before we took off, and. Uh, <clears throat> That's decided as I've seen John in a long time. And of course, I talked to him on the phone and and Jason both. Um, they was both just ecstatic that <clears throat> they couldn't hardly believe that. You know, I may lose my voice for this over. Um, couldn't believe that they'd caught that fish. They'd only been on the water 15 minutes, and uh, uh, I guess Jason had cast that <clears throat> that bait out by a piece of structure, and and uh, it sat there just a few minutes. And he told John that. Uh, he thought he hit the structure when he throwed it out there and he might be a little close and he reached up there and gave the about two or three cranks on the reel and he sat back down before he got set down the rod was already bent over and and uh, they didn't realize uh, <clears throat> at the time how big the fish was but when it got about halfway up uh, they seen a bunch of bubbles come up and Jason told John he said that may be a little bit bigger fish than than we thought and uh, I guess the whole fight lasted about ten minutes and uh, you know, I, I couldn't be happier for John and Jason both as far as that goes, but John uh, John really puts his time in. He, he invests whatever he has to do to be competitive, and in, in, the, in the very short amount of time, I'm going to say three or four years, he's become very successful, and, and uh, uh, that was a guided trip, but still he had to be able to put the fish in the boat without any assistance, and he got that jump done, and and uh, not ever catching a hundred pound fish, you know, just to be able to get it in without losing it is a feat all in itself. So uh, I'm very happy for John and Jason, and and it couldn't happen to a better guy. And then he turned around and backed it up Saturday with a third place finish, a 70 and a 45, and or something to that that neighborhood, and some smaller fish. So uh, you know they had a really good uh, stay down at Wheeler, and I'm very happy for him. I'd have to imagine that a 90 to 100 pound fish will up that failure rate on a knot or a, on a line somewhere, you know, a, a small nick or something. I mean, everything has to be perfect in order for, for, you know, the hook, you know, a hook has to be sharp to get into it all the way through the lip. You know, I mean, there's, you know, a lot that can go wrong, especially I think as, as they get bigger like that. I bet them fish are smart, too. I bet they have, you know, I, I know I reeled in one fish that I said, I told them, I said, this fish must have been caught by a lot of bass fishermen because I swear he opened his mouth the whole time pulling him back. And, I mean, it made him feel so much bigger than he actually was. And, and you know, he can, and most fish, you get them in the boat, they sit there and they clamp down. They're, they're just locked jaw. They don't want you to get your hook out of there or nothing. This fish even sitting on the floor was just wide mouth on me. And I was like... You know, that's, uh, you know, I don't know if that's like, you know, just <laughs> something that some of them do, but you know, them big fish, they, they, that can easily, uh, you can easily lose something like that. So, you, you know, well, you they, know, they had uh, made the statement that that fish had been caught before. They could see marks on it where it had been caught and released before. Uh, but Claude Reynolds reminded me that he was over at our, our room. That, uh, that John had said that he was going to retire, but, uh, you know, that was a joke, and I know Claude realizes that, but 
you catch a hundred pound fish and, and John had made the statement down there that night that all of us sitting around that you know he had nothing else to to work for but that's not true as you could tell <laughs> Saturday when he went out and got his third place finish and and he's a very competitive guy as was his two partners that he had with him and and uh, them guys uh you know, John will be looking for a 106 next, you know, or something better. He's not going to just lay over and, and call it good because he got a triple-digit uh, fish. He'll be looking for, for something a little bit better. But, uh, uh, you know, them guys had a great time down there. They worked really hard at marking fish and looking fish, and, and they was like you. They stayed out, and Chuck, you know, Chuck had a little top thing on his, but, you know, there was a lot of guys out there, and you and John, some of them, that set out in them boats with no kind of protection. And, and uh, now Saturday, it was pretty rough. You know, uh, them conditions was, was pretty bad. Uh, you know, we had a lot of issues that day, and I was fighting them issues in that storm. But uh, just to set out in a boat for eight hours uh, with it pouring down rain and wind blowing 30-plus mile an hour, uh, to set out there without any kind of protection at all, that, that takes dedication from people, and, and I'm glad nobody got hurt, and I'm glad that everybody had a good time. Yeah, the, uh, I, I wanted, uh, Daniel wanted to let everybody know there was 32 teams uh, from 11 states that showed up for this tournament, um, and, I, and I know from all of us at Catfish Weekly and probably a lot of other people, we want to thank uh, Daniel Parsons and his wife Casey. Uh, don't forget her. You know she was out there busting her butt, helping out as well too. Uh, but thank you to both of them for putting the tournament on. Um, there's a lot of people that, you know, myself included, that you know you got a long time where they haven't been on the water because they're getting Thanksgiving and Christmas and and everything's going on and they don't get a chance to get out and do any fishing, or they're up north and it's too cold and they don't want to be out fishing. So it's a great excuse to get down there and get on a great body of water, uh, get on some good fish, and, and just be fishing. And the, and the cabins that we, we all stayed at, um, they're not even really cabins. They're, it's Joe Wheeler State Park, and they've got um, their houses. They're, they're two- to four-bedroom houses, and they're very reasonably priced, uh, 75 85 bucks, something like that for some of them, up to like 110 bucks a night. Um, so... And they're right off the lake. I mean, they, you can you, you walk off the back porch on some of them and, and throw a rod and probably hit the water. And you're about 40, 40 or 60 feet high off of them, but, you know, you, know, you don't want to be uh, trying to jump down or anything. But, uh, yeah, I wanted to let you guys know that. Um, Josh, Josh Thompson, he came, he came from, uh, what was it, like a, a state or two away on his own dime to help out there. Who's, oh, uh, Chuck. Do I now? I said that Josh Thompson. He came from where was it again on his own dime to help out with that? Uh, yeah, he lives down down here by me. He lives close to the Gadsden area. Um, yeah, he traveled about the same distance I did. It was about two and a half hour drive. Um, he 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 paid for a hotel room out of his own pocket for two nights. Um, you know, to help with this tournament. So. Yeah, we all we all thank Josh. You know, it was nice meeting him. Uh, good kid. He's definitely looks up to to Chuck and and you know hopes to be out there fishing. Uh, hope maybe next year, the year you know year after, he's going to be uh, somebody to look out for and and 
he's getting his feet wet and, and helping out running the tournaments. And I told him, you know, that's how you do it if you're going to ever get into it and, and maybe even run tournaments and, and it's, you know, get to meet the people and, and talking to them and everything and feel comfortable. Uh, so it was awesome that he came and helped out with that. He's already handled more big fish in one day than I have in my whole life. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, he, he um, you know, he showed up, and Daniel had three other guys that, you know, were supposed to have showed up and helped that he felt pretty confident about them showing up. So, um, you know, right off the bat, he was, you know, three people short. So he would have had five guys out there, and it really ended up only being two with Casey, you know, running things from the table. So, um they did a really good job for, you know, two guys running around doing what they were doing. Yeah. Um, I have to give a special shout-out. They're in the chat tonight. But uh, Ryan Moran and Claude Reynolds, um, Team Parkside Marine, uh, them guys there, they hooked me up. Can't say Can't say that our fish came off of their bait, but they gave me the freshest skipjack you could have down there. And... For somebody to give up some stuff like that at a tournament like that, that that's good people. You know, those are the people that, you know, if I'm there, if I'm at a tournament and and I have something, I'm going to help them out. You know, they've helped me out, I'll help them out. Uh, people that have your back like that, it can be hard to find sometimes. Um, so really from me and Brian and Denise, we all, all three of us, thank you very, very much. I told you that... Um, you know, I'd give you a shout out on here, and and I, I definitely uh, I did I did that, and I and I really do appreciate it. And um, you know, I had good good talks with him, and I love that boat that he has. That he Ryan has that Crestliner Intruder 2200. Um, that's an awesome boat, and, and he said that even in his boat, he was having some waves crash up over that over that boat, and that's a big old 22 foot deep V boat. So that let that gives you an idea of of what kind of conditions that lake was in when we were out there fishing? Well, you know, Claude had, uh, had, had come over. They was actually in the uh, cabin right behind us, and he'd come over and, and uh, visited with us a couple of times on a couple of different occasions, and we really had a, enjoyed having him over there. And uh, John and Rusty and Aaron was uh, was there with Cindy and I, and, and Claude had come over, and uh, another night... Uh, uh, Josh Mays like to scare the crap out of us when he come beating on the door telling us he was the police. We's all sitting there. He hit the door so hard I thought he broke the glass in it. And uh, him and Jim Gillenwater and Phil Brown come over to our our cabin and and st stood there and and uh, visited with us for an hour or more. And uh, you know that's the kind of stuff that that makes the trip so enjoyable if you're especially if you're having a bad time, but uh, the good times as well. But uh, we enjoy that aspect of, of going to these things and fishing in tournaments as much as anything. And and uh, them guys coming over just makes a very wonderful evening for it. And, uh, you know, we sit around and have a few drinks and, and uh, carry on and tell stories and lies and talk about everything else. And it just makes the, uh, the trip very enjoyable for me and Cindy especially. <clears throat> And there was others, you know. I, I can't remember everybody that showed up over there. There ain't. Uh, I'm not gonna lie about it because I, I just can't remember everybody that showed it up at our at our cabin. And 
and, and the dinner was very enjoyable. I even got to sit beside the winning people. You know, Janet and Bink was there, and uh, I got my picture taken with Janet before she was the winner of the event, so uh, she's just a hoot, and, and old Bink, you know, I understand he had a little malfunction there after the weigh-in, but uh, <laughs> you know, I cannot imagine... I can't, you know, I want everybody wants to win, and, and I like to see everybody win when they do, but uh, Janet and Big Fox are two of the greatest people in this sport, and I think that uh, it's great that they happen to hit the season off with such a good start and then looking forward for great things from them this year. They're just really, really, really good people, and, and they're so much fun to be around, and, uh, you know, you just can't ask for anybody better than that. Yeah, Janet and Bink were in my cabin. It was uh, Janet and Bink, uh, Vince and RJ, Brian and Denise, and myself. And uh, you know, we we all you know talked and stuff. And and we're in Alabama, and they've got Alabama uh, <laughs> college football against the Ohio State. And I, I told them, I said, I think I'm gonna need to. You know, it's all them Ohio people and me. My, I'm a little Indiana boy sitting in there and. I felt like them Alabama people were going to be coming up in there and taking them out in their sleep after they beat them in that college game. So, you know, but, uh, yeah. Um, well, to top it off, Vince wears that Ohio State T-shirt yeah, all over the place. And <laughs> Friday night out to dinner, it's a wonder they hadn't a... <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I like to die, but I seen him walk in with that. So, so Chuck, uh, let's move on to tournament day. Tournament day, you go out. What are you looking at? What are you seeing? What's changed? And and what happened during tournament day? Well, when I came out of the slough and uh, headed to go up river, you know, I seen the 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 swells were, you know, really rough. Um, I still had my game plan where I was going to run up and try those two holes, but by the time I got up there, um, you know, people was already sitting on them. Uh, you know, just by crossing over the big water, it was pretty rough. I probably got, I, I couldn't get up to about 15 mile an hour max, and I was, um, you know, I was pounding my hole pretty hard on the, on the rollers just trying to get over there. Um, after I got across the lake, uh, you know, we just fished, fished around the calm side over there. There's a small uh, channel that goes down that far bank that's uh, around 38 foot deep, I believe, 40 in some spots. But um, I didn't, I didn't mark any fish on it the previous days, and uh, you know there wasn't any over there that day. But we, you know, we tried some, you know, we marked some structure, and you know, tried to you know, fish the structure that we marked, and we just could, didn't do any good. Um, you know, we went on down by that industrial plant. Um, you know, the closer we got to it, the, the bigger the swells got because we started getting into the uh, the pipeline of that wind. Uh, so we got over to, uh, you know, on that far bank to where that uh, where the, main, the main channel hit, hit the bank. Um, and fished right there on that main channel, and we tried to anchor up, and we we was dragging all 40 pounds of the anchor at two mile an hour, trying to uh, catch a hole. And I had, 
you know, 100, 150 foot of rope out on each each 20 pound anchor, and it just I couldn't get I couldn't get nothing to hold. We we were, we were still moving 1.7 to two mile an hour trying to get the anchors to grab. Um, we, you know, I I just went back up and uh, you know I tried to spot lock on some anchor that's on some stuff uh, some structure that we found up there. And you know the the whole time my my trolling motor was running, um, you know, on three and a half to four speed out of ten, uh, you know, just trying to stay on spot. So, you know, it was a little rough. You know, you know our rod tips bouncing. Was hoping we'd get lucky and get something, but uh, it wasn't in our favor. You know, with them big swells out there. But you you caught the one you caught one fish or. Yeah, Leanne got him over on that uh, that that calm uh, rock bluff over on the the south end of the big water, right across from the elk. Yeah, and Cad was asking. Uh, most people that I heard of, they were they were not dragging, they were not drifting. A lot of people were anchored up, from what I've heard from talking to people. Um, as far as size of hook. Myself, I was using 10-aught Charlie Browns and 8-aught Team Catfish double actions. Yourself, Chuck, what kind of hooks were you using? And I was using about 6 ounces weight. Yeah, I was using uh, 8 ounces of weight. Um, you know, trying to, even even when I was, uh, you know, vertical fishing, just try, trying to keep my rod tips from bouncing as bad. Um, and I was using number 10 uh, Eagle Claw. Uh, sea circles, um, you know, and I, I stayed with big bait all day. I wasn't going to downsize and just try to, you know, get a few little fish in the boat. I was still trying to hit some nice big structure. The, uh, the matter of fact, the five-pound um, fish that Leanne caught um, hit a whole skipjack head. Had the whole head stuffed in its mouth. We don't know how he got it in there. <laughs> but I, when, when I I had to get the head back out of its mouth to be able to get the hook out, and he gulped that whole head. That whole head was stuffed in his mouth. So I, I wasn't going to downsize. Uh, you know, we had a lot of lot of fish just still chewing the uh, you know the meat off, and I could have downsized. I may have missed some big fish because I didn't downsize, but I was going to go bigger. Go home broke. So. You're like you're like me. I cannot stand a downsize. I go there with one thing in mind. That's kind of I don't want to do it. <laughs> I don't do. I normally don't do it. I mean, how are you gonna downsize a skipjack head? You know, pop an eyeball out and put the eyeball on the hook. Yeah. You, know? <laughs> uh, you know, so you know that that's about all we could do. Um, you know, it, if if you're gonna fish out of the type of boat we fish out of, you just gotta sacrifice. And, and when, when these type of tournaments come along, um, you just gotta invest and try to get a different whole boat, or just put up with those conditions and do the best you can. But I'm just gonna stick with what I got and be the underdog, and hopefully one day I'll pull one of these things off. Yeah. So, Lyle, tournament yes. day comes. What happened out there for you? Well, I, I know a little bit, but go ahead. Well, we got we got down there, and like I said, we had a plan. We really thought we was in good shape, and Cindy backed me into the water, and and uh, she backed me in a little deep, and the boat floated off of the trailer, which is all fine and good. I hit the key, and it broke off in my hand. 
and uh, I'm floating away from the dock, won't start, can't get a hold of nothing, can't find the uh, the remote for my uh, trolling motor, and some guy pushed me up there, and I'm sorry, fellas, I can't remember y'all's name. A lot of you I just met for the first time, but a gentleman was, was kind enough to push me up next to the dock, and, and uh, I'm trying to search around and find something to start it, and another guy give me a... Uh, sort of a mini multi-tool <clears throat> it had a little screwdriver on it and uh, sure enough it would slide in beside the key and I could get the boat started so he gave and, away the tool that, he gave away the tool that Chuck gave you <laughs> right and it may have been you know and it was. <clears throat> he uh, he gave me that and uh, we finally got loaded up and thought we had everything where we could at least uh, make it work and we went down and uh, we decided we was going to go to a spot that we had marked fish, but had not really fished it at all, and and uh, that would give everybody time to get onto their spots and get away from us, and maybe the water wouldn't be so rough. And we set up on this spot, and of course the fish was still there, and and we're there fishing. This monsoon hit, and uh, we decided we was going to move. I go to start the thing up. <clears throat> I go to start it up. And uh, when I went to shut it off, the screwdriver didn't get all the way shut off, and my battery's dead. So I had brought a couple pieces of live bait down. They was in my live well. The aerator had been running for a week, and that battery was dead. So in all midst all this rain and water coming over the front of the boat, I crawled up in the front and popped the latch up and changed out the battery that's up there that's dedicated to my light system. And I went back and put it in back in the back and... Uh, like to drown, uh, got that all done, and then got the boat fired up, and uh, we'd looked around a little bit, and it was so bad that we decided that with as much crap that was going on, all the trouble we was having, we was going to go in, and we was going down the, the chute there to the ramp, and I got a phone call, and it was Rusty, and he said, uh, have you got any fish? And I said, no. He said, well, you need to get to get out here where we're at. We're catching fish. Of course, I ain't got a clue where they're at. I don't have any idea. And at that time, they had a 70 or thereabouts in a boat and a 40. And uh, I said, did it clear up any over there? He said, yeah, it's not white cap anymore. And it had cleared up in the thing. So we turned around, went back out, uh, never did find where they was talking about, went to a couple spots where we had, had been and, uh, you know, rain just pouring. <laughs> and even at the top, we didn't put the sides on it, blowing sideways in on us and everything. And, uh, them Fraybill suits, I will hand it to them. Uh, if you wear them and you tighten everything down on the arms and the neck and the legs, they will keep you dry. Uh, they work very well and they're warm. But, uh, you know, we just we just couldn't get the fish to go. We was on fish. We just couldn't make them bite. And uh, the ones that did try to bite uh, was mashing off the, the big baits that we was using. And I assume they was juvenile fish that we really... Uh, wasn't trying to catch, but uh, uh, at the point, uh, it was at that point, you know, it wouldn't have made no difference. Anything would have beat what we had, and, uh, you know, we we was a little discouraged about the fact that we had so much trouble, but that's fishing, and not, and uh, that's the way it goes. We'll have to go back down there and try it again. Uh, I know there's a lot of big fish in there, and uh, I, I do want to give uh, Ken Cargill a shout-out. He went a long way. Uh, Friday and put a ton of big fish in a boat. Ken was really on them. Uh, he didn't do so well during the tournament, but Friday he laid out some big numbers. And, uh, you know, that's outstanding. Brent 
Brett Riddle put a lot of good fish in the boat. Craig Shoemate put a lot of good fish in his partner. I can't remember his name. Uh, there was a lot of 70s, 80s put in the boat uh, in a couple of days. There was a few 90s put in the boat um, pre-fishing for this tournament. So that is an outstanding fishery. Um, personally, I'd like to see them have dams like the rivers got up here and just open them up and let the current rip so, uh, so I can adjust myself to it. But <laughs> that's never going to happen. Uh, I just gonna have. I'm either gonna have to figure out how to fish lakes or just quit fishing them. Uh, uh, I don't really like them, but I guess to be competitive, you're gonna have to do something. Maybe I need to go down fishing bridges a while. I'm pretty sure that uh, he knows how to do it. Well, that that, that was uh, ten bo ten boats didn't catch anything, and uh, you know there was some, you know some some good blue cat guys that came in. Um, Especially some local guys that only had, you know, around 50 pounds, which it and, you know, really good for them. And they were, they were really, uh, you know, down about it. But well, I mean, that's just, you know, when, when your plan don't come together and the weather hit like it was, some people was just in the right place, had the boats to handle it. And a lot of people, everything just came together, um, you know, and. You know, who who would have thought that a 76-pound blue cat would release bank into the lake? Well, and, and that's right. And one of the other things to bear in mind is when you have a field like they had down there of some of the top cat fishermen in the United States, uh, on any given day, any team down there could have won that tournament. It, You know, and, and I'm not trying to take anything away from Janet Big. They've done an outstanding job, but... You know, it could have been any one of them teams down there. Everybody down there it has the quality uh, about them to, to have a good day. And, it, and any any given day, any one of them could win a tournament there or anyone, anywhere else. Uh, it just didn't happen to be some of them's day, and, and we just happened to be one of them that it wasn't, and that's okay. Uh, like I say, we got out of there safe. We was very happy about that with everything that went wrong. We had a wonderful time, and uh, looking forward to the next one. Hey, uh, Lyle, um, Claude asked you if you still had the key. I don't know if he's got an idea for you to be able to fix it or what. Well, the key uh, is still broke off in the ignition. It's it's uh was six degrees, and I got up this morning. I ain't felt like going out there to try to dig it off. But I do have the other part of it, and the uh, the uh, piece that the gentleman gave me, I found him and gave it back to him and thanked him um, several times, probably not near enough for what he'd done. Uh, for me, because if it hadn't been for him, we'd have been sitting in the uh, at the ramp all day, and we wouldn't have got to go out and go. There was one other thing that I wanted to 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 say about this. Uh, if I remember correctly, at the dinner Friday night, Daniel had told me that there was 41 teams that was entered. Is that correct? Yeah. And 32 actually fished it. Yeah, so that's why I said nine teams left, either because right. of the weather that was there or the weather that they'd have to deal well, with driving home. So, And I know some of them guys, uh, there was predicted uh, in our area and, and, a, and north of here uh, a lot of snow and bad weather coming in, and, and I don't know what everybody got. Uh, when we got home, uh, it was butt-rape and cold, but, but we didn't get any uh, uh, snow or anything. But uh, I, I hope everybody made it home all right, and uh, you know, we was disappointed that some of them guys left, but fellas, if you think about that, you got to consider the safety factor. And if you're going to get six inches of snow, pulling a boat trailer, going uh, 
9, 10, 12 hours to get home. By the time you drive that far, you're wore out. Something could happen, so uh, uh, maybe they've done the right thing. And, and not to mention that, depending on where some people live, uh, Brian and Denise told me if they get you know just a little bit of uh, snow, um, you know, out in the open and, and the wind drifts and the wind and and uh, the snow drifts and everything like that and the lack of plow, uh, it can be absolutely <laughs> impossible to get your boat back home um, in, in the right situations and it might not even take as much as you would think. Uh, right. So, yeah, I mean, you know, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it's better to be that safe than sorry. And, did anybody hear if the, if uh, any of the eight boats that did not weigh in, there was 24 boats that weighed fish, uh, 30, I think 32 boats launched. Did, did any of them uh, just not make it back in time? Did you hear anybody that didn't make it back in time, or does, did everybody just not catch fish the other eight? Do you know? Uh, they, either, they either didn't have what they wanted to weigh in and didn't do them back, or, or they didn't catch anything. Um, but I, I didn't hear of anybody not making the, the time. Yeah, because I, I talked to Phil. He said they had, um, you know, like 10 minutes to spare. Um, so that that was close. You know, if, you know, just. <laughs> Jason. You know, any, anything could happen. You know, 10 minutes is nothing, you know. Wow, um, wow he wants to know how cold it was again. Colder than a witch's tit. No, that's not what you said the first time. But <laughs> Cold. Uh, raping cold. <laughs> 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 yeah, uh, Paul Strauss. Paul, yeah, uh, said one boat was late. I believe that was Ken Cargill, and he only he told me that he only caught one ten pound fish after being all on all them giants the day before, and and uh, they didn't care if they weighed that fish or not. In fact, I don't not even sure they brought back to the to the ramp. Yeah, and I mean that's. You know, everybody has their opinion on the uh, sore mouth, and I, I, I think that I think once a fish is caught, it's going to be a couple, at least a couple, two, three days before that fish eats again. I think the stress of pulling a fish in a boat and grabbing it and you know giving it a kiss and and hugging on it and you know smiling and cheesing, taking a picture with him and you know putting him back in the water and holding him by his jaw or whatever. I think that you know. He's probably like, I ain't, I ain't about this stuff for a little while now. Yeah, uh, I, I don't believe that for a minute. Like I say, we've caught them, put them in a live well, and they ate all of our bait up. So they eat. You're right. wrong. I'm right. You're wrong. Well, maybe so. I just, <laughs> I just don't believe it is. And uh, I really think that you could catch that fish and put him in the water, and if he's in the right spot and you throw that bait in front of him, he'll take over the next day. Yeah, that, there's a lot of different things that can, uh, you know. Besides trailering and having things happen on the road that could keep you from getting back, you know, out of, out of your control, they was, uh, like early in the year, there was a tournament on Pickwick. I believe it was a Bass Pro tournament. Uh, you could fish Pickwick or, or Wilson Lake, and some guys um, were late, you know, had, had some good fish, and, uh, you know, they couldn't, couldn't get through the law. So it's just... You know, Paul, said, Paul said they won't eat longer if they see me. Hey, that ain't, that ain't, that ain't very nice, Paul. <laughs> hey, you don't know. I've got a secret fish call. I can make them come in the boat. I can do my fish call. <laughs> you ain't doing the dance. Hey, Janet agrees with me. <coughs> and Janet beat you. 
So there you go. <laughs> I don't care what either one of you say. I just I've seen them eat bait and had to go catch more, so I don't believe it. <laughs> but all right, regardless, you know I know a lot of people feel both both ways, and and uh, uh, you know there may be some merit to, to it. Uh, I don't know. Like I say, when you watch them eat all your bait and you gotta go catch more, it make you tend to believe that it doesn't affect them as bad as a lot of people think. And uh, I know uh, guys like the Massengills. They told us when they was on here that um, uh, you know they don't they don't pre-fish. They basically uh, uh, electronic fish and and look for stuff. So <coughs> everybody has a has an opinion on how that works, but. Like I say, after seeing him eat them, it's hard for me to believe that it would bother him too much. Yeah, Vince said he might need to go to Wheeler and catch a five-pound channel cat. That's pretty good. He said, well, he managed to go there and catch five. I didn't know there was any five-pound fish in there. Yeah. We was using stuff that big for bait. A little bit about, okay, uh, for us on tournament day, um, myself, Brian, Denise, uh, we trailered. We trailered to our area. Uh, we got down there, <laughs> and we, I'm getting messages on on different stuff too. But <laughs> uh, anyway, we get down to our, you know, our we get to our game planned area. Um, we start looking water temp on tournament day. Uh, jumped about, I want to say it was, it went from 49 to 53. Uh, uh, Weather temp had jumped a little bit. I think it was in the 60s, right around 60, 62, um, which made that water temp come up a little bit. And that 40 foot that we were marking our fish in before seemed to have moved up into about 37 uh, to 35 feet in that in that range. I mean, that's in the in the area that we had marked before. That's what we noticed. Uh, so we we fished. All the area where we were marking all the bait fish and all the fish that we were marking before, and I mean, we marked some giant arches. I mean, lots of them, and, and it was what we seen before. And I mean, we seen some stuff on the bottom, and, and really the exact same stuff that we seen before when I caught the 66. And we moved around. We stayed, in, and our game plan was to really just hit that general area hard. And we did. I mean, in a, in a 300 yard area, we moved around that for the entire day. Um, they they just really weren't eating like they were before, and, and I don't know if it was the the front that came through it was a different front, or or it you know did something to the barometric pressure or what it was, uh, but it just seemed like uh they didn't even start biting until later on in the day near the end. I mean, with the, near the end in the last couple hours is when we really started get, uh, catching some fish. Uh, we happened to. We caught a couple small, small fish to begin with, and we threw them back, uh, thinking that we were really going to tear them up, you know, like the way we were doing, you know, a couple days before, and um, it, it didn't really start working out. I almost, you know, wanted to kick myself for throwing one of the fish back because I wanted to have five fish. Uh, so, but we ended up, we ended up with five fish. Uh, our, our two big ones were like 17 pounds, 16 pounds, and. And then we had some other ones. And I think we had 40, 41 pounds total. Uh, we ended up in 16th place out of the, the 24. Um, not horrible for never being out there. I mean, like I said, we had 40, 40-something pounds. We we caught fish um, a little better than, you know, halfway mark. So, um, 
or right at halfway mark actually. But uh, yeah, Brian or uh, Bink and Janet, they ended up winning that tournament, 151.9 pounds. Janet Fox got her personal best, a 76.2 pound blue cat. So congratulations to her. Um, Brian, Denise, and I stayed uh, to fish Sunday for a little while, and we decided to hit the same exact area where I caught the 66 and where we fished tournament day just to see what would kind of happen. And sure enough, we catch a 44-pounder for Denise to get her new, her new personal vest. She went from 20 to a 44. Uh, we caught a bunch of fish that were probably in that 20-pound range. Um, so we would have definitely done a little better. You know, I mean, it, it, our game plan was right on. Um, the fish were there. They just weren't eating like they were the day before and the day after the tournament, of course. Uh, but congratulations to Denise. You got your new personal best, 41 pounds. I got my new personal best, 66 pounds. Uh, awesome trip. You know, I really enjoyed you guys letting me tag along with you and, and fishing with you. And, and uh, you know, hopefully we get to do it again. A um, couple things I want to hit real quick. Uh, some of the people that were there and came up and said hello to us and... and um, you know, the people that, that are supporting, you know, I'm not going to name everybody's name, but this is just a few people that we've never met before or, you know, are, are doing a lot for catfishing. Paul Strauth, Cad Daly and, and his son Case, uh, Chris Parker, Seth McAllister and his girlfriend Laura Kane, they were out there doing that live feed through the whole show. Um, I know it probably uh, wasn't the greatest to watch with nothing but a bunch of rollers and and wind and rain and you know probably not catching huge fish or whatever but at least he's out there doing something so I'm sure that there was a few people that appreciated that Seth I know I logged on when I was out on the lake I logged on to it and watched it for a few minutes when I wasn't doing anything uh, Craig Shoemate RJ Giles he was in the cabin with me he's a cool guy uh, Vince Nadoski get old Nadoski he was in the cabin with me. He's an all right guy, I guess. He's an all right, you know. He likes really? to order some food. What's that? Really? Yeah, I'm just being nice. Oh, <laughs> <No. laughs> old, old Gary Turner showed up. Gary Turner, you know, with the Gone Fishing Adventures, and uh, he showed up and did a little bit of fishing, uh, caught some fish, and it was good seeing him again, and I'm probably going to hopefully see him again here soon with the uh, a couple months here with Ron Streeter, we're gonna go down on that trip and Jason Malone and hopefully I'll go down and fish with Gary on a guided trip that he gave. <laughs> yeah, and also there's a new segment that they wanted they wanted uh put on Catfish Weekly called Damn It FUD. <laughs> and uh that was used quite a bit in the in the week that I was there. <laughs> but uh besides Gary Turner Rob Klobfelder and Ed, we went out. We went out and uh, hung out with them, watched fights a little bit. Uh, Rob's awesome. I, I can't say anything else. Rob and Ed, they're just cool guys, and and they're great for catfishing. Uh, even though he gave the guy behind us, which is a Steelers fan, a hard time most of the night, and then blamed it on me. <laughs> Thank you, Rob. Good job. Yeah. Brown catfishing with the cat with the winter circle catfishing winter circle. Philip. Uh, Philip Brown there. He was down there, got to meet him. Awesome that he was there and got to meet him and everything. 
Um, so, yeah, thank you to everybody there. If I if I didn't get your name, I'm sorry. There's a lot of people that that came up and introduced themselves, and and uh, it's and it's really nice to to get to know people, and and the fact that you guys enjoy watching the show and you tell us and everything, it's awesome. It really is. Um. Also, um, Paul Strauth had a question that he posted up on Catfish Weekly, I believe. Uh, his question is, how and what factors into your perception of a successful catfishing tournament? You know, is it the, uh, the weather, the fishing, the lake? What is it that, that you guys would consider a tournament to be a success? So Chuck, if you want to answer that, you can go ahead and start off. And um, you know, to me, it's uh, you know getting there smoothly. You know, getting home, um, getting thing. You know, no flat tires. You know, uh, meeting new people. Um, you know, everything being safe on the water. Uh, no damage to the boat. No broken transducer brackets, no broken props. Um, you know, if I just spend a little bit of gas, the entry fee, and I come home, um, that's success for me. If I, you know, if I break a rod or a prop or a transducer bracket or get, you know have to buy a flat tire or something and spend extra money, I I don't think that's a very successful tournament to me. But just by participating and meeting good guys and, uh, you know, all that, that's successful. It's not all about winning, you know, to me. It's going out, having fun, having a chance to fish, um, you know, and trying to learn as much as possible while I'm out there. And I, we got 35 people on chat. And like I said that earlier on, that's you guys coming into chat and, and, and helping this show grow, you know, watching the, watching the show and everything. It's awesome. It really is. Um, Lyle, what do you think about the makes a successful tournament? I really think that if you have a good time and nobody gets hurt, uh, it, it is a success. You know, um, any time that you go fishing, you're there to have fun, regardless um, if you catch fish that's a bonus. If you do good in a tournament, that's a bonus. Um, we enjoy fishing. We enjoy winning as much as the next person, but um, we have <clears throat> a really good time with people coming over to the cabin and talking about fishing rods and talking about bait and uh, how they fish and how we fish and uh, discussing line and, and just the general aspects of being there, you know, with like I say, Claude and uh, Craig and his partner, and there was a multitude of others, uh, uh, Phil Brown and uh, uh, Josh Mays and, and uh, Jim Gillenwater, and just numerous people come in and out of there, and, and uh, some of them stayed for quite a while, and some of them was just in and out. And um, as it turned out for me, this that was the better part of the tournament than... than uh, the multitude of, of problems that we had tournament day, but that's part of it, and, and uh, we'll accept it. We'll get everything fixed, and we'll be at the next one, and, uh, you know, hopefully things will go a little smoother. Uh, 
that's the first uh, ever since we bought that boat. That's really the first issues that we've had with it. So I really can't complain. Uh, it's been really good, and uh, we'll get it fixed up, and it'll be ready to go. But to me, a safe trip down there and back, and and uh, enjoying the everybody coming around and getting to see everybody that we hadn't seen in a while, and and meeting some new people. And there was a multitude of people, and and. Uh, I really can't remember all their names, and I'm sorry about that. But I just, I'm sorry, I just can't do it. But we met a lot of new people, and we talked about the show, and we talked about fishing, and and to me, that makes it a great success. Yeah, I, I'm. Uh, I guess I'm a gabber. I mean, I I absolutely love it. I I go and and mingle with everybody, and, and you know, I, I enjoy it. The, the the meeting and the camaraderie and 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 uh, just just having a good time, and and really, I felt like this whole time went by because it was so nonstop. I mean, we had we were fishing in the boat, or we were talking to somebody. I mean, we, or we were eating, or, or it was it really went by too quick for me. And I was there for quite a few days, and 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 you know, like on Monsters on the Ohio, that's the problem is that. There's not enough hours in the day to be able to sit and talk to these guys and be able to get up early in the morning and fish because you're, I could do it and I do do it. Sit out there until two or three in the morning just talking, and next thing you know, you know, you got you got to get up in three hours, and you know, just about every one of these tournaments, I'm, uh, you know, I'm pretty exhausted, <laughs> and there's there'll be a few people that could tell you that when I'm exhausted. And I fall asleep. Supposedly, I snore. This is this is rumor. I, I don't know. I don't. Now, I think it's all made up. You know. Mm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and, and and I guess Case got a good kick out of of hearing his name on there. Case was uh, Cad's. Cad's son, and he's a little boy that fishes with his dad, Cad Daly, out there from Tennessee. And Case, you uh, you keep fishing with your daddy, and you enjoy it, and and you're gonna take that on when you grow up and fish with your son. And but just uh, you just keep trying to beat your dad and get the bigger fish than him. That's what you need to do. You tell your dad, I got the biggest fish today. You know, you was talking about snoring. Uh, our cabin had three rooms in it. Cindy and I took one. John took one. And uh, Rusty Stamper, and uh, he brought a young gentleman with him that was 18 years old. Very nice young man. His name was Aaron. And uh, they had twin beds in the other room. And uh, they was talking about Rusty snoring the night they got there, Thursday night. or uh, Yeah, I believe it was Thursday night. And, we was getting a kick out of it. Well, Saturday morning when we woke up and got out of bed, uh, poor old Aaron, he couldn't handle it. He was actually laying on the couch sleeping, and that's the most uncomfortable couch I ever sat on. Every, you know, the rooms are very nice, and they're very clean, and, and I didn't have an issue with it, but uh, I tried to lay on that couch and watch television one time, and it lasted about two minutes, so I don't know how in the world that boy laid on that couch and slept, but he said the snoring was so bad that it woke him up, and he couldn't go back to sleep, and he tried to wake Rusty up, so he'd go back to sleep, and he couldn't even get that done. So I kind of felt sorry for him, you know? Yeah, the 
uh, Brian and Denise the first night when we stayed in the hotel room. We had one one room and you know their bed right next to my bed, and he said I probably died six times that night and came back to life. <laughs> 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 he said they, they they were seriously thinking about smothering me in my sleep. I might have put a sock in your mouth or something, but been... <laughs> hey, you know I've I've told everybody on the show and everything. You know I do snore and I can go to sleep on a boat. I can go to sleep in a truck. I can go to sleep anywhere. I mean, and and I'm the kind of person where. I guess when I decide it's time to go to sleep, I put my head on a pillow and I'll be gone within a minute to two minutes. I mean, it's kind of funny, and sometimes it's not. You know, I'm gonna have to get me that sleep apnea machine and and uh, start using that. I guess when I go on trips, so I don't keep the well, whole neighborhood awake. Them guys that if you're relying on the oxygen or whatever that comes through that, the guys that have been in a room with you before is liable to pitch that off on you. <laughs> Not if they don't want to hear me snore. <laughs> they'll do that, and then they'll be like, all right, never mind, sorry, let me fix this for you. <laughs> but, um, yeah, for, for me, you know, going back to the, the question there, how, what, what factors into the, uh, a successful tournament, it, to be a well-ran tournament, the you know to have safety in mind, um, have the rules be kept in, in order and followed. Uh, again, um, I guess you know just I would say the fishing really don't matter, but in, in all honesty, it does to an extent. I think that for it to be a successful tournament to continue on and on again, I think yeah, the first few tournaments or for a while, you know, it might be. Uh, okay if it's just bad luck that the fishing is really bad, but if it's just a really bad fishery, I don't think it's going gonna, it's gonna to hold up as a successful tournament for a long period of time. Um, I mean, it, you know, it might be held together and, and, and still be considered a success because people are showing up, but at some point, if you're never catching fish, it's gonna, it's really gonna wear on that tournament to me. Um, but it ain't all about the fishing either. I really, do, like I said, I really enjoy the, the just meeting the people and talking to people and and going out to eat and hanging out or just having a beer and talking and and you know talking about fishing and what we did that day and where we're going and what kind of bait we used and everything under the sun. You know the products that are out there. Um, you know, I mean, that, that, that all plays into it. And, you know, this, this winter on Wheeler tournament, I had a great time. I, I, I meant to hit more cabins than I did. Um, but I only hit a couple, you know, I hit, I hit Rob Klopfelder's cabin a couple times and most of the time that would be, uh, all I ended up hitting because we just, you know, I grab a beer, sit there and talk to him and him and Ed and, um, you know, I think Ken was there one night and a couple other people and just sit there and talk about fishing and some of the gear and whatnot. And, you know, time flies by when you're doing that stuff and it's enjoyable. Um, as far as what we have left to talk about, um, I do know that uh, Scott Wiseman posted up that his Hoosier Whiskers Derby tournament is canceled. So... Just so you know, if you plan on going to that, you'll probably be there by yourself. So don't 
Um, the last thing I have is for ideas to improve this winter on Wheeler tournament. Give Daniel some ideas, some things to help him uh, make the tournament run a little smoother or better for next year. I know this was his uh, first year doing this um, this tournament. So if we have some ideas or you guys have some ideas that were there in the chat, um, let us know. And, you know, I myself, um, I would say that one of the things that he should probably do is, is have the information out there a little better for uh, the meeting. You know, like, is the meeting mandatory? Is it not mandatory? Um, maybe have, if you're going to have it at a place like the restaurant, the restaurant was nice, but they were seating, um, like, the people who weren't in the catfish tournament uh, in the area with us. If we could get the area sort of blocked off for us so that way, you could stand up and, and talk and, and go over the rules with everybody, let them know um, how many boats are in it. Um, just a little more information that, you know, we could have would would have made that a little better. Having rule sheets, I guess, printed out, um, that's just a couple of things. But, you know, honestly, you did a good job. I think that um, there's going to be little things, and as I think of them, I'll, I'll, I'll add them in there. And I've been to a lot of tournaments. These guys have been to a lot of tournaments. So we're not saying, if we're giving you suggestions, we're not saying you did a bad job at all. We're just we're trying to make you, uh, ha give you ideas to, to possibly make it even better. And you can you can take the ideas for, for what you want. Yeah, he didn't have any idea uh, that many people was even going to come to the meet and greet. Because he was asking, uh, you know, on the Alabama Catfish Trail post, only like five people said they were coming, you know, with, with two and three people. So he was expecting about, you know, 15 people just to come, uh, you know, and maybe some people stop by and go ahead and pay for the tournament. But he wasn't expecting that many people to show up for the meet and greet either, especially how many people showed up for the tournament. Um, you know, even with him having it prepaid, you know, and um, all that, um, you know, he if he would have known how big this tournament really was going to be, he would have been more prepared for more things. But um, it, it kind of blindsided him a little bit when, um, you know, at one point it looked like close to there was going to be close to 50 boats. Um, until the weather around, you know, Tuesday or Wednesday when the, the weather, you know, took a turn for its worse and the, the forecast was standing strong and it, um, you know, a lot of guys went ahead and uh, turned back and said, you know, I'll do it again later. Um, you know, it. he's already got the date for next year. I'm pretty sure it's going to be on January 2nd from what I understand. So the date's already out there. Um, so I think next year it's going to be over 50 very easy and, um, he'll be prepared for this one. He's, uh, he's really far in the red right now. Um, you know, anybody who's done a trail and, you know, you went, he, he went and bought a real nice set of scales. They were around 1200 bucks. Um, you know, and, and what he took in from, uh, the tournament, um, I don't know how much of that, you know, the 20% was, uh, but the, you know, the lie detector test was like, you know, half of it. Um, you know, so he, he ended up, 
you know, no, nothing nothing went in his pocket uh, out, out of this tournament here. Um, he, he's just trying to build something real strong in Alabama, and um, hopefully, you know, he'll 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 get a little bit of money coming in from all of his trouble, which he very well deserves it. But um, when when that next one comes around, he's he's going to be ready for it. And uh, everybody's already got a year in advance to get ready, and it's going to be really big. And uh, hopefully. This coming year, every tournament I went to just about this year um, was a cold front. Um, anybody who went to the Monsters of Ohio seen what happened on that tournament. I mean, the worst possible day. Um, and also on this tournament um, on Saturday, it was probably about the worst possible day it could have been through the whole week. And... Um, and what what I'll do, I just won't show up, and y'all gonna have great weather. <laughs> because any time I show up, there's gonna be a cold front following me. I guarantee you. Every time I go, up, there's, there's a cold front. Um, yeah, hopefully next year, uh, the the weeks will get off to where the cold fronts will be on Wednesday instead of Saturday, and um, you know, hopefully all year they'll be on Wednesday instead of Saturday all all, all year. Good luck. Yeah. No, Jason, a, a lie detector um, isn't really necessary, but, um, you know, since it was trailering and everything, um, you know, a lot of people was frowning on it, and, and Daniel was wanting to make sure everybody was comfortable with the uh, the trailering part, and he wants to make sure that everybody knows that uh, his trail is the real deal. Um, you know, it, it's not, um, you know, he's went out, he's got the best insurance, um, you know, he's, he's got a lawyer if he needs it already that, um, he's got his L LCC, uh, company. So the, uh, the trail is a company now and he, he just wants to make, you know, he just wants everybody to know that his trail's the real deal. And, uh, some people felt uncomfortable about the trailering situation. So he made sure that there was going to be a lie detector test. So everybody would feel really comfortable about coming and fishing his tournament. He, he, he really didn't care about um, that money going out for that lie detector test. He was more worried about what people thought about his trail being a, a reputable trail. And um, he wants it to be, um, you know, a, a really great thing in the state of Alabama. And he's going to work really hard to make sure it is. One, one of the other things that uh, suggestion for him was, and I heard this from a few people, and it was more of the... Uh, um, Making sure, you know, on I guess just having a little uh, more discrepancy on checking the uh, links because there might have been some fish that were weighed in, uh, you know, that didn't need to be measured, you know, and some that that didn't get measured and should have been measured. So uh, figuring out a system to to get that hammered out and 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 you know ironed out there will probably help as well. Uh, also, another thing I thought of was um, having like the uh, the people who trailered, the people who are trailering out, maybe the people who are even launching out, giving them some sort of a chip uh, with a number on it or something, and making them turn that in and having that turned in before the cutoff time. Uh, for a couple reasons, this will also just in case somebody was to not even show up at the uh, the launch site. 
and just be out somewhere else ready to take off and fish and just show up at the weigh-in. Uh, you know, that that could be done, and there and there's yeah, things like that. That's a, you know uh, the the sticker that uh, that Aaron put on our boat at Monster when he checked the live well. Yep. Yeah, that that you know that's a good idea, Fud. You know, when right when he checked that live well, he slapped that sticker on there, and that meant that your boat went down that hill, and um, you know you, you launched at that site, and everything was checked. So yeah, I'll see your point there, and you know I'll bring that up to him also. You have any other ideas, uh, Chuck or Lyle, or anybody in chat? Well, um, you know, all in all, this was the first big tournament uh, uh, that I understand that, that Daniel has had, and I thought he'd done a really good job. Uh, I do agree if you can afford to do lie detector tests, they are far from being foolproof. If they was foolproof, they'd be admissible in court. There is a high percentage of people that can pass those regardless Uh but it's the best thing we have for any any tournament series that anywhere. They're the best that is offered uh, to keep things from cheating. Uh, the only other way that you can cut cheating in half is to not allow trailering. Uh, uh, that is the number one time that it gets done. Uh, I don't, you know, it's a fact. It's just the way it is. Uh, we've tried it; didn't work out. Uh, there's been a lot of, of animosity about that over the last few years, and they all say, well, the big guys do it. Well, you know, I have had numerous phone calls at, at several of the tournament series. When I wasn't at tournaments, people calling up, and they allow you to sit on these places two hours before the tournament takes off, and they're calling me laughing because they're fishing. I know for another guy that told me, and a very reputable, outstanding fisherman, a guy that fishes a lot of big tournaments is extremely successful. Has actually told me he pulled up to people that was fishing, say, "Hey, you know, you're not supposed to be fishing." Well, who's going to who's going to make me quit? You know, you know, that, and a lot of guys do that, and a lot of guys don't. There is a very very high percentage of honest, reputable cat fishermen. We all should be that way, but there's always going to be those ones that are not, and and they have to be turned in. You've got to turn them in to make sure that it ends. Uh, until that's done, or they figure out a hundred percent foolproof way to monitor, it's going to happen. Keep the sport on us. Well, that's that's the only way you do. Take pictures, take videos. Everybody's got a phone that takes a picture. Everybody's got phones that takes video. Uh, do your part. And also, if um, it, let, let's say if if Bank would have failed the lie detector test. Uh, it would have cost another lump sum to give second place a lie detector test that would have been had to have been taken for him to receive the the first uh, first place money. So uh, that that would have been another lump sum, which that would have probably exceeded the twenty percent uh, yeah, right, for this tournament. Right. Um, well, there's there's several several things about that, and and. You know, from what I understood, the guy charged him and what he'd done, it, he was about an hour too long doing it from the guys that I've had bit affiliations with doing it and about double what I could get them done for. But now we're talking about several states' difference in the way they do them. Machines may be different. You know, I don't know. But um, uh, I would look around and, and try to, you know, Missouri has a – uh, group of those listed on a website for everybody that does that and their locations and phone numbers and I you know I would 
urge Daniel to check into that a little more. He'll have plenty of time to do it and to find someone that uh, maybe he can get somebody to donate it. Uh, you know, some of the police departments have those those machines, and um, you know, all them guys have to be trained. But like I say, there's a high percentage of people that are trained through their job to know how to pass those, so they are not foolproof. But they are the best that we have to monitor anything of that. That I wish somebody would come out with something that's 100 percent accurate, but there's not. They're just not. So. Uh, you do the best you can with what you got. He done a really good job. I did hear some of the stuff about the the measurement of the fish, and I know that he was shorthanded. Um, yeah, if, if he can get some helpers, yeah, he'll get a handle on that. He'll get a handle on all that. He knows he'll have suggestions for not only us but other people. Comment, send him letters and messages and stuff, and and I hope they tell him how good he done, and then say okay. You know, here's my suggestion to make it better. And that, you know, I, I know Daniel is, is enough of a man that he can take that and, and grow from it. Uh, I still say for the first time he done a bang-up job. I'm very happy that things turned out the way they did for him. I'm glad that, that he considers it excess and and uh, wants to, to do it again. Uh, I think he has a chance of making something really nice out of this. Uh, especially if the weather just would be quite so bad next time. Uh, I really thought there'd be 50 boats in this. I really did. And, and next year I anticipate there'll be at least that many. Um, it was a really fun time for us. I, I expected about 40 boats myself. And, uh, you know, like, like I said before, I, I definitely, I'm not trying to make it like he didn't do a great job. I, I'm just, this was just to help him, you know, for next year, uh, the creative, uh, thinking process and everybody helping out and and looking at at spots that can be improved. Uh, I think he'll you know, like you just said, this it'll continue to grow and improve. Um, also, what'll help you know, it, being that it's an annual event, um, you know, with us being able to, and I, I believe you said he was going to advertise it for next year on Catfish Weekly and stuff. But uh, the more that people know about it going to happen, they'll be able to plan in advance. Uh, put that jar aside with some money in it every now and again for that, you know, winter on wheeler tournament, um, and that'll that'll grow it as well. Along with you know, I think uh, I guarantee it'll be at least one or two wives that are like you know for Christmas I I got you that winter on wheeler entry fee there, uh, and you got you know you can go fish it and you know I'll, I'll uh, be at home waiting on you to come back with pictures of the big old fish and stuff. But yeah, I think that you know that's what Cindy and I done. We didn't buy each other anything for Christmas. This was our Christmas present. Was the trip down there and back. Uh, you know, was it the best trip I ever made? By far, it was not. But we still had a great time. We both considered a success, and uh, we had a we we had a good time. I mean, that's just the way it is. Yeah. Yes, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, so I. For those for those tournaments uh, in, in Alabama, you, uh, you can also go with the Department of Conservation, and um, you you can get a form to fill out to where for that tournament only you you can have five fish over 34 inches, all five, just for that tournament. If it's catch and release over, uh, yeah, the conservation people. Um, you know, and do I, I don't think uh, Daniel is going to do any of that. Um, but you know, it, it's possible in the state of Alabama 
that you can uh, put in for, um, you know, where you can bring in five big fish for tournament reasons. It has been done. Um, I really don't recommend it because it really two of them big wheeler fish with um, three really big kickers, you know, some of them can go 20, 22 pounds. I've seen a 25-pound flathead that was under 34. So um, you get, you know, that can really be a big live well full of fish. Well, that's exactly why we only do three fish limit because, uh, you know, and I know there's some big fish down there, but I will revert to something that I've said many times. The Twisted Cat Outdoor record on three fish is 195.2 pounds. Danny Salfin done that a couple years ago. He throwed back 50s all day long. People from Iowa were calling me wanting to know what he's using for bait. But you put three fish like that in a live well, I don't care. Mine is 118 gallons, and I don't, I don't want 190, 200 pounds of fish in that live well. I'd be worried about keeping them alive. I don't care what the water temperature is. Right. So, that's that's why our uh, our regular trail, the the regular Alabama catfish trail, we have one fish over 34, and two fish under. So if you come down and fish any other uh, Alabama catfish trail event, that will be the uh, the krill for those tournaments. It'll be one fish over 34, and and two kickers. So um, if you come to our Wilson tournament. Uh, that Daniel's putting on on Wilson, uh, expect to only be able to keep one fish over 34 and two under, um, and that goes for all of the all the other events that he's putting on this year. Uh, that there's there's probably going to be here in the next couple of years uh, a a good 36 hour event that's going to be happening. We don't know the whole story with it yet, but I've never fished anything like that, and I think it'd be a whole lot of fun. Uh, 36 you know, hours straight. Yeah, you put in around seven o'clock on a Friday night, and you fish till about one o'clock on Sunday. Uh, you're allowed to go pull up at marinas and eat. You can stay in your boat the whole time, um, you know. And it's just a, you know, just just go out and fish. They had a um, they had a tournament on the Sante Cooper and the 2005 National Championship. The, I put a video on my. Um, on my page, it was um, it was a 36-hour event, but you know, th there's somebody I know that may be planning on putting one of those on pretty soon. So, um, you know, I plan on fishing. I've never fished an Ironman or anything like that, but um, you know, I think that would be something really fun. I don't um, want to keep a that many big fish in my live well for 36 hours. Yeah, and, and I mean, there's some things they're going to have to consider for that. Yeah, uh, Jason, the uh, the uh, Daniel posted his uh, his uh, tournament trail schedule on the Alabama Catfish Trail um, Facebook page, and I think he he um, has also posted everything on the Alabama Catfish Trail website also. So, um, you know, the tournaments we're having, he's got it he's got it very spread out. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to make all of them or not. I hope I can, but. Um, it looks like a couple of them is going to be in conflict with some other tournaments I want to fish. But he's spreading them out and, and trying to get, uh, you know, trying to get the word out in Alabama and trying to get catfish going on is what he's trying to do. So, well, he's uh, doing a good job. Yeah. I think he's going to have, I, I can't remember, we're going to have uh, a Wilson, 
uh, a couple on the Coosa, I think one on the Warrior River where the state uh, record uh, blue, it's 120 pounds now, and uh, on the Alabama River down towards Selma or somewhere, that's where the state record uh, 80-pound flathead is from. It's a really good fishery, and I've never fished down there. And that just gives me a good reason to go fish places I've never fished, and I'm really getting into that right now, and I'm loving it. All right, guys, we're running on an hour and a half now. I think uh, it's about time to start cutting it down. So if you got a closing statement or anything there, Chuck, you can go ahead and. Oh, I'm good. Not uh, upset about really all I've had. I had a really good time this weekend, and all the new people that I met. Um, Met some Facebook friends that I've been friends with on here for two and three years and finally got to shake their hand, and that was great. Yeah. Um, there's still a lot of guys that here live within just a few miles of me. Um, you know, Paul and uh, Anthony, all these guys up around Tennessee and, uh, you know, Virginia and stuff. I want to get up and try to fish Watts Bar and all that with them. And it's killing me not to get up there. That's a great fishery um, up in there, uh, you know, lower Tennessee. Um, I just had a great time, and it was great seeing y'all again and, um, you know, meeting new people and having a good time is what it's all about. Yep. Lyle? Well, I'd like to th thank Daniel for everything he done to make this a successful tournament. I consider it a great success for his from his uh, part that he done and uh, all the people that showed up, some of them went home without fishing a tournament. There's nothing you can do about that. He's still done an outstanding job. He put together a really good time. Uh, we met a lot of good people. I have a, a friend of mine online that I built some stuff for, and uh, he drove down on Friday and brought me some stuff that he wanted repaired and dropped it off. And uh, He drove an hour, hour and a half from Tennessee down to to do that and then turned around Saturday and brought his daughter and come back uh, down to the show uh, for weigh-in and uh, it was it was really good to see Matt Mays uh, do that two days of the trip and uh, he was excited for everybody he stood out there in his t-shirt uh, and his little girl in the rain and watched the entire thing with all of us and uh, you know really they had a pretty good crowd there as far as spectators and uh, I just I just think it went off pretty good uh, I see nothing wrong with that. There's one other thing that I want to touch on, and you and I talked about that today, and we're going to mention it on a show here. We decided to do a show uh, and get back on this subject a little bit. Um, I've been seeing a lot of posts where people are standing on each other for one reason or another, and, and uh, boys, I want you to remember one thing in all your, your fussing and feuding that that every bit of that is detrimental to what we're trying to do to promote catfishing. So be very cautious that uh, whose toe you step on. And, and I'm not trying to uh, put anybody's name out there for any reason or the other. It's just that we want to make catfishing as good as we can uh, without, without making it go the other way. So uh, remember that when you make these posts. Some of them are in fun. Some of them are in not. Uh, it's none of my business, really. I just hate to see it go backwards. We've all worked so hard to get it where it's at. It's headed in the right direction, and I would sure like to keep it going that way. So uh, bear that in mind when you do these things, and, and uh, I'm not the scolder. I'm not going to tell you to do something or not to do it. You're all grown people. You know what you're doing. 
just just remember where we've come from and how far we've been, and we want to keep going. That's it for me tonight. Yeah, catching uh, uh, up on that just a, just a second more. That's uh, uh, we're going to start doing our what's up episode, basically our news of what's happened in the month at the end of every month. So at the end of uh, this month of January, uh, we'll probably talk a little bit more about that uh, and a little more in depth. Um, but yeah, I, you know we're you know we've come a long way and we have a lot a lot further way to go. And it doesn't matter if you're right if you're wrong. Um, sometimes you have to think about other things than your own personal feelings and opinions. So, really, try to put yourself secondly, you know, behind catfishing. Think about the sport in general, uh, the, the the drama, the 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 joke. Even if it's a joke in a public forum, in a public you know eye, it might not be seen. And and, and sometimes, sometimes sarcasm, you know, jokes, the the it doesn't come across in text. You have to remember that. Where where you could be silly and, and, and being jokingly about it, someone else can read it and think it's the snottiest comment in the world. Um, there's lots of there's lots of that that happens in, in computers and internet and uh, you know lo lots of it, you know, and really just remember that everybody's a person. Uh, we're all we're all passionate about the sport. Everybody's going to have different beliefs. Um, I'm going to leave it at that. You know, we don't take sides. You know, we're, of course, as a, a personal opinion on certain matters, we're going to have them. But really, we have to try to stay out of that kind of stuff and, and just look at it objectively. Um, but you know, think think about the point. Think about what you're able to uh, put out there and have come back at you. So, um, with that in mind, I know that. Uh, since Janet and Bink won that tournament, they were definitely in my spot. But uh, just <laughs> next time, next time, stay out of my spot, and we'll see you next Monday. <laughs>